years ago in American baseball, they had a team who produced the Flatbush Follies. Everything they touched turned not to gold, but uh, just to brass. And here it comes now, and bang. Well, that's gone straight up in the air. Wall won't drop. There's no way in the world. It's It's only a cramp, it's not pulled or peeled or told the muscle. But everybody's got a big smile on the face. Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Well, hello there and welcome. Welcome to the Backhanders podcast, a podcast where we bring you the ins and the outs from the great game of Test Cricket. Ashes Cricket, oh, the greatest game in the world and with me, a man who, just like the English cricket team, has an exceptionally fast run rate. However, in his case, it's from dates that have gone terribly wrong. It is <laughs> Catters. Catters, welcome. Oh, Lightning, great to be with you. I am buoyed with excitement, Lightning. I am just bathing in my own juices of satisfaction. Because what is that smell? What is that smell, Lightning? That smell is the sweet scent of... Of ambiguity, of a stalemate. <laughs> I have often whiffed you, Cutters, and thought you're a bit stale, mate. <laughs> well, that smell, Lightning, it's a bit musky. It's not here nor there. It smells a bit like The Rock's acting career. <laughs> but I'll tell the listeners, that is the sweet scent of Test Cricket, my friend. And <laughs> how wonderful, how wonderful to finish a month-long romp. Highs and lows, drama, rain, more drama, more rain. It was just everything you could ask for from a series lightning. But what made it quintessentially Test Cricket? The fact that we all walk away none the wiser. And I <laughs> feel like it brings everyone down to my level of... Boneheaded stupidity for following a sport where we can literally spend a month locking horns like two lobotomized rams on the side of a Swiss Alp. Can an Alp be singular lightning? I don't even know anymore. Such is the levels that my brain has descended to after being beaten to a pulp by Test Cricket. Mm -hmm. And Cutters, just like that Alp, it was particularly level uh, because you're right. After five tests of five days, no one won, but Australia won because they didn't lose and therefore don't get to take the trophy home. Cutters, Ashes Test Cricket. I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Well, I was explaining this to uh, some of our more keen listeners that often ask me to jump on Instagram live and just do a follow-up sesh. I find it unnecessary to invite you to these lightning because it doesn't really require the middleman. And I was asked, Catters, Oracle, how can a best of five series end in a tie? And I'm still perplexed by that. Is there not a way that we can try and find somehow a better method of working out who is the winner and who's the loser hmm. in this scenario. Yeah. yeah, what does the proverbial cricketing P 
penalty shootout look like, Cutters? To be honest, Lightning, I'd love to see both teams remove the whites, oil up, Greco-Roman wrestling style, just <laughs> Royal Rumble, but, you know, each to their own. That might be what Freud said was sexually repressed ideas. Um, but for those that were loved properly by their parents, maybe they have other ideas. I was thinking maybe the old ice hockey trick where you start removing players from the arena. So Good. the idea that we just get to the point where there are, you know, three versus three, again, then removing their clothes, oiling up and getting into some sort of grappling position. Do I ask much of my players, Lightning? But Lightning, the more I think of it, I get really annoyed that we have somehow been hoodwinked by the English cricketing fraternity. Mm. Hoodwinking also being one of my favorite Greco-Roman wrestling maneuvers. <laughs> by the fact, Lightning, that they have just created the rules. They govern mm. the sport. They are the home of cricket. And we're somehow captive to these archaic laws of the game that mean that we don't even get to take the trophy home with us. <laughs> yeah. Who signs up to these sort of conditions? You're exactly right, Kat. And maybe our non-cricket-loving fans may not be aware that we go to England to play for a tiny urn mm. that at the end of the series, we do not get to take home. It stays in England. <laughs> it lives in England. And for mine, Catters, it kind of made sense in the 1950s when one could lose a monocle down the crack of the fair ship that you were sailing back home to Australia in. However, in the year 2023, it baffles me that the security levels are not sufficient enough whereby we could adequately care for small urn and have it arrive on our shores. I mean, how is it we have come to sign up for this arrangement? How do we get sucked into playing this game? I don't know, Lightning. It's those classic mind tricks that the English play with their you know, perfect language and understandable form of English and formal education. It seems to have just done its trick again. And I'm guessing the team left all of the contractual fine print reading to one Davy Warner and we always end up in the same place. It's just disgusting, Lightning. The fact that they can't trust us to take the trophy home with us. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's going to catch fire? It's already happened. <laughs> We even called up a young man as the page boy-like character to join the touring party once we knew we were going to get those ashes. Todd Murphy, just take that urn home. That was his only task. <laughs> You're dead right, Gutters. If we do lose it, I can easily pluck another small trophy out of my son's Lego kit <laughs> and send that back to the English and they'd be none the wiser. It just seems like there's some sort of weird Stockholm Syndrome that we have in the Commonwealth Lightning, where we are summoned to the mother country <laughs> in pursuit of a trophy we can never receive in a series <laughs> that apparently can never be decided <laughs> until it happens all over again two years later. We are stuck in some sort of King Charles, I'll put Camilla in there, I blame her as well, loop from hell. So, Kat, is it, it's worth pausing just to bring listeners back up to speed because the last time we left you, it was 2-1. Mm. Series was alive. Australia were on the brink of maybe making it 3-1, taking it out and pretending to take a trophy home. 
But of course, the English were coming and test number four. Well, cutters, we just basically had a chance to play poker and try some of those Greco-Roman <laughs> wrestling moves out in the change rooms because uh, not a whole lot of cricket was played. Uh, mm. Some could argue the English were robbed due to the weather. Yet I'd like to say, you know, we just we had some solid blackjack hands in that test in the change rooms. <laughs> and uh, coming into the fifth test, Catters, it was game on. It was Australia mm. able to take out a series win. It was England hoping to level the series. And in a battle royale, a push right to the end, England just gets over the line when Australia was looking like a record chase was on the cards to level that series, to leave it two and two and thereby equal. Catters, was this a fair reflection of the ashes that we saw? No, Lightning, I don't think it's reflective because, first of all, we are the world test champions. I just want to put that on the record. We beat Mm -hmm. India in England. For me, that was job done. We should have been able to just head home, bank the series victory just on reputation. But they made us stick around, and we won the first two test matches. We were on a roll, Lightning. And there's nothing worse in test cricket than an absolute whitewash. Mm. So we took our foot off the gas, let the mother country back into it. We get to the fifth test match, Lightning, and suddenly, ooh, a wild card. Something not expected, and that is English cheating. Mm. Mass cheating. And not just on a micro level, you know, for me, sandpaper, it's kind of a petty crime. (laughs) But when you start getting into higher up organizational systemic cheating, that's when it (laughs) really gets my goat on the proverbial Swiss Alp lightning. And that's what they were doing. (laughs) Let's just recap on what suddenly happened come the fifth test. (laughs) They essentially had the ear of the umpire's lightning. Call me old-fashioned, but to our listeners that aren't familiar with Test Cricket, generally speaking, you can't just change a ball mid-innings if it's not doing what you want it to do. No. You get one ball and innings until the 80th over in which a ball is changed. But not in the case of these Englishman cutters. No. And if you change the ball, it should be a ball that looks like the old ball. I know this is complicated and people are thinking, why would you even need to do this? But... When the ball is new, it behaves in a certain way. Once it's been knocked around, it behaves in another way. So, Lightning, these blokes just kept asking and asking and pestering and pestering the umpire to change the ball. They had no good reason for that to happen, Lightning, but they just thought through wearing them down, they would eventually get there. It's a little bit like me asking our fans for an Instagram live session. I knew eventually (laughs) some would join and accept my invitation, Lightning. But it's worth it in the end, as it was for the English, who, lo and behold, smack Usman Khawaja on the helmet and then say, oh, (laughs) who would have thought? The ball is suddenly a square. Let's replace it. The only thing that was square was Usman's head once he recovered it from said shattered helmet, Lightning. And... These umpires just succumbed, again, to the medieval mind tricks of the mother country lightning, and I'm just sick of it. Mm. When we cheat, it's out of the spirit of the game. Mm. When the English cheat, he then becomes the king of England. (laughs) Speaking of which, lightning, I'm going to be watching very closely to see if our two central umpires somehow become members of the royal court in the coming months. Okay, Cutters, it does sound a little bit like you're uh, writing for the English press now, labelling the series as systemic corruption. But (laughs) 
It might be a slight overshoot on your part, but Catters, I'm interested. What do you think this means for Basball? I mean, this has been the talk of this series was going to be Basball versus the might of Australia. Who would win out? You know, Gaza Lion, Catters, Nathan, mm. who injured himself halfway through the series, was later asked about this whole Basball thing. And he said, to be honest, I didn't really see Basball. He said it was all smoke and mirrors, Catters. What does this mean for Basball? Well, Lightning, I don't know what he was smoking around the mirror of the change room, but for me, it was <laughs> as clear as day that Basball had a huge impact. I think our old friend Gaz misread the articles in the lead up to the series. Simple mistake for someone as illiterate as him. But Lightning, he may well have been saying he didn't see any trace of Baz's balls being <laughs> our friend Brendan McCullum's ball sack. I did see Gaz at one point suspiciously staring in the change room with the old binoculars <laughs> looking to spot McCullum's. And I think that's inappropriate at best. The old uh, Gazarazzi. <laughs> the play, old Gazarazzi lightning. It, uh, <laughs> it does round out his claim as an all-rounder, given that he now has a small bat, a small ball, and a pair of binoculars by his name in the team sheet. <laughs> And Lightning, of course, he succumbed to a calf injury, climbing the scaffolding at our friend Baz's hotel. And I look forward to purchasing a piece of that memorabilia that will be released by Channel 9. Peeping Tom, 100 not out. It plays out a little bit like a Where's Wally, where you can see Gaz with binoculars, if you can find him, and the elusive Baz ball sack. Not to mention... Jimmy Anderson's cane. <laughs> oh. Go on, drag on. Cutter's time for War Hero, War Criminal, a time when we pause and consider who is it that are following in the vein of the great hero of Australian cricket, Steve Tugger-War, and those who, due to a criminal waste of talent, are tugging in the direction of Mark Jr. War. Cutters, who's your war hero? Who is your war criminal? Lightning, my war hero is someone who I feel like has been unfairly maligned in the Australian press over the past few weeks. And that is none other than Pat Cummins. <laughs> Captain oh, Fantastic. Wow. The guy delivers us, the Australian people, a World Test Championship. He delivers us a holographic Ashes urn. <laughs> what more could you want? A wicket or two? Maybe. But to that I say, greedy Australian public. Down, boy, down. <laughs> Let's keep things in perspective. The guy has single-handedly pulled off the first test. Hmm. Second test, from my recollection, he won us that one as well. The rest of the test, he was good as well. He was just great overall lightning. My vague recollection of this series, we really should have recorded this straight after the fifth test lightning, but in my mind, looking through the rearview mirror, the guy's a freaking hero. He is literally walking on water on his way back to Australia. He shouldn't just be captain. Roll it into some sort of captain, coach, ambassadorial figurehead of state lightning demigod demigod yeah. he can do no wrong mm. he played the fifth test with a broken 
wrist lightning. Did he really? He did. And look, to be fair, it was probably his own fault for going a little hard on the air guitar at the Gunners gig (laughs) at Hyde Park the night before. But that's what work-life balance requires of him. The guy is a man of the people. And I want him moshing one day, saving a test the next, getting out first ball the next. Let's not go into details, Lightning. He's just really good. Going to the boss one night and then bossing it on the pitch the next. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. And if Captain Good Enough rhymed, I would dub him that. But for now, Captain Fantastic will suffice. That's right. And we want him to remain as captain so long as he doesn't salute anymore with that left hand because that's going to really put pressure on the wrist. So. so, Lightning, while the rest of Australia has been jumping off the bandwagon, I can quite happily go on record as saying I have been with this man through thick and thin. And sure, in recent days, it's a little bit more thick or or thin. I do. Which one is... It's... it's the bad times. I've been through the bad times with him, Lightning, and there's going to be good times ahead. I look forward to an incredible period of thinness or thickness or whatever, Lightning. He's a good man. He gets wickets occasionally. Lay off it, all right? My war criminal, Lightning, well, it's plural, unlike those Alps, and it is none other than broads. I've never been a fan of broads, Lightning, be it... The women that have rejected me constantly over the years in the club, be it my primary school principal, Mrs. Broadley, never a fan. People wearing broad-brimmed hats. The sun's not that dangerous in the Northern Hemisphere. I need to be able to see the action down in front. All the way through to Stuart Broad and his extended family. What a bunch of plonkers. But the Lord of the Broads, Lightning, the one who's really, really annoyed me in the last few weeks is Stuart Broad, who takes a final test and makes it all about themselves, mm. Lightning. Mm. Stuart Broad, maybe? Stuart, I don't know. I think Stuart. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. Of all the Broads, <laughs> he's most likely. Lord Broad. That's who does it. <laughs> this guy somehow has done a deal with the cricketing devil and signed over his career so he would end it at the Oval, but get to do whatever the freak he wants for the five days before saying sayonara to Cricket Lightning. I think there was footage through the giant Gaza telescope, or Gazascope as no one's calling it, whereby Lord Broad and Demon Spoffoff were shaking hands in the change rooms. And Lord Broad said, you know what, I'm done, but I get to... Just play tricks with the Aussies for the last five days. What what do tricks look like, I hear you and our listener saying lightning? Well, things like juggling bales, swapping out balls whenever you want them, hitting sixes, things that I would never associate with the game of cricket lightning. Stuart Broad just had his way with us in his last test match. And all I can say is I'm glad to see the back of you, like every other Broad in my life, lightning. <laughs> Not to be confused with the broad shoulders of Patrick Cummins, who has been holding up the hopes of a nation for many a year, Lightning. So, Lightning, who is your war hero and war criminal? Catters, my war hero is Jimmy Jim Bob James Anderson, the great English cricketer. He will 
finish his career as England's greatest wicket-taker. And we got to witness him this series and to look down and mm. and to see what he was able to achieve, to look down and see his incredible average of 69. Oh, oh, that was his bowling average. Sorry. <laughs> right. So he had an average of right, five wickets for the series at 69. Okay, right. But to go out on top, you know, having retired on top of his game. Wait, no. No, he hasn't. It was the other guy retired. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, regardless, 41-year-old <laughs> Jimmy Anderson, who's getting worse by the day, it was great <laughs> to see him continuing to somehow get a gig and play with his mates, despite not being able to do what he's employed to do, and that is to take wickets. Do you think, Lightning, that they presented him with a small ashes urn for his reputation after the series? <laughs> They wouldn't have to wait too long, Cutters, before he'll be in one. So that wouldn't be a bad <laughs> presentation. Cutters, it's fair to say it's probably not one of the best war heroes I've pumped up over the journey. He was when he served in World War One, I, I believe. <laughs> Respect where it's due. Cutters, my war criminal. For me, it is... The whole fraternity of Basball. Mm. Now, to explain, Catters, Basball, it's this phenomenon of style of cricket and all the rest of it in terms of fast-paced play and aggressive batting and freedom of expression. But, Catters, when all is said and done, Basball is really just a bunch of mates. Catters, mm. when you think about it, Jimmy Anderson averaging 69 with the ball, barely firing a shot and still getting a game in the fifth test. It's ridiculous. England lose their best spinner before this series with all these young spinners in the country vying for a crack and they pull out of retirement a washed-up Moeen Ali <laughs> to just have another crack and go round a second time. Catters, they've got a bloke by the name of Bearstow who doesn't know his left wicket-keeping glove from his right, couldn't catch bloody COVID if he tried to, and yet he was employed as the keeper of the team when England has one of the best keepers in the world in folks waiting in the wings. Uh, it's incredible. Even Jimmy Anderson getting a gig whilst there's phenomenal other young bowlers like Tongue. So this Basball fraternity cutters is my war criminal. This bunch of mates who just won't let anyone else in, who just want to keep it amongst themselves and roll out onto the field. Catters, they are my war criminal. Lightning, are you suggesting that the English might have a propensity for creating an elite club <laughs> that certain people can't join? <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds crazy, Catters. Lightning, my butler resents that on my behalf. <laughs> Lightning, it might be that you and I haven't received the official invitation to Club Basball that makes us resent them so much, but I tend to agree with mm. you. I think seeing Josh Tung play county cricket and the destruction that guy has made as a yeah. bowler, I mean, yeah. who does Josh Tung have to tongue to get into that team? <laughs> and who did Mark Wood to get into that squad? And who did Joe Root have to chat to to <laughs> get into the team? <laughs> Brilliant this morning was Joe Root and how he just owned the game. He ran the game, he was pure quality and he just owned that space. And just had it, well, all of this lot were just scratching their heads going, what do we do? Well, he's out now, he got 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, let's move on. 
Cutter's time for the last backhander's opinion, the LBO of this Ashes series. We came into this Ashes expecting a whitewash, and we had just that, Cutters. It may not have been on the scoreboard. It was in the Aussie change rooms from chasing all those baz balls all over the field. They needed a whitewash. Uh, a lot of stains on the knees. Uh, they required a heavy load and some <laughs> bonus fabric softener. So just perhaps not as we were expecting, Cutters. Finishing... Two all when Australia was 2-0 up and primed for an Ashes victory. The first time in 20 years on English soil. But nonetheless, we've come away with the urn in holographic form. Catters, what are your closing reflections on the Ashes that was? It'll be hard for me to share these reflections without getting emotional lightning because I feel like we've gone full circle and come back to the very start, which was... Me sitting with the sneaking suspicion that we are the superior nation, Mm. but with no evidence behind me. But I don't need scientists or dentists to prove me wrong, Lightning. I go with my gut. And that's ample evidence, Lightning. So I just say goodbye from this echo chamber, happy in the fact that I know Australia number one, England, suck it. Authorised by Ben Catford, the Liberal Party camera. (laughs) But having said that, Lightning, in spite of my reluctance to follow traditional science, I will say that the results from the lab would suggest that a homicide has occurred. There is no pulse. Basball is dead. And if I've just played a small role in providing the final body blow that led to the death of that behemoth, I take great comfort, Lightning. And in doing so, I feel we can claim the moral victory as the murderers in this situation, Lightning, to see the palms block the occasional ball, maybe bowl a little wide of the crease, show hints of a defensive, traditional, test-playing nature. I just take some solace in that, Lightning. So um, this is me patting myself on the back with a giant piece of sandpaper that I've removed from my own eye. (laughs) That's right. Angela Lansbury will no doubt be uh, knocking on your door, Cutters, uh, having discovered the person who put the final nail in the coffin. So, uh, (laughs) Cutters, as we go to sign off, we often award a McDonald's voucher, as every kiddie playing cricket growing up would have aspired to, and we often give it to those who've had the biggest impact on the field. And so for this fifth test, it... Makes a lot of sense to give it to, uh, well, it can only be the umpires and uh, the selection of ball, which turned the test unfairly towards the lesser ranked team, the English cutters. We'll offer them the McDonald's award. We, of course, can't match what the mother country have offered said umpires. We don't have a knighthood, but we do have a McDonald's voucher, just that little sweetener as they leave. So take this on behalf of the backhanders. Yeah, and just to chime in, it might seem negligible in comparison, Lightning, but that can be redeemed in any participating restaurant (laughs) nationwide when they're next down under. So I just don't want any of the listeners to be dismissive of our attempt to remind the umpires that there's more where that came from. (laughs) Absolutely. And it feels fitting because, I mean, they gave quite a significant upgrade at the 37 over mark. So... (laughs) um, Yes, may we supersize your swing. (laughs) 
Well, it is time for us to sign off, to bid farewell after an intriguing Ashes series. And of course, uh, what next for the back end as well? Who knows? But you are likely to hear us bob up in the field of tennis, perhaps, but just as likely in any number of other sports. So stay tuned. Make sure you stay subscribed because we'll be rearing our heads trying our hand at any number of other sports with a whole host of other suggestive puns. But until we meet again, remember to keep pitching the ball up and to keep pitching at a ball upgrade.